Heaven high. Heaven high, Nick. Oh, Nick, I've just got back from the field. Have you? I'm absolutely exhausted. I've been moving the cows from one side of a fence to another. You, you see, I bet you that a lot of the people who listen to this podcast won't know about John Finnemore's programs. I'm not talking about John Finnemore. I'm talking to how I listened to the Archers <laughs> yesterday. Oh, dear. Lynn's very upset about the flood in the shop in the play. <sighs> and did you hear any of the uh, slightly cheeky voice ladies? Oh, and, and did you hear any of the yokel going, Oh, yokel, I'm going to try my schemes, which I do because I'm a yokel. Oh, well, I think you're being awfully, terribly, awfully, awfully terrible. <laughs> the topic today on Rum Doings episode 195 is, Has tennis outlived its usefulness? <laughs> um, so you're back from your holes, and I'm back from my anniversary break. So we can compare and contrast where we went, I guess. That'll be fun for our listener, won't it? So you had a romantic getaway with your entire extended family? Yes. <laughs> That's no. an odd approach to a 10th anniversary. No, you, you, you got it wrong. I did? Yes, we went to Barcelona where we had been 10 years ago. Say properly. Barcelona and... Or, He's from Barcelona. It was quite funny that Barcelona was used as a yokel butt of a joke in a 1970s sitcom, and it's now considered uh, one of the most interesting cities in Europe. Well, that's um, thanks to Freddie Mercury. That's all it down is. to him. Freddie, Freddie Mercury made it. And uh, we left Judith with my mother and father, and we went alone, <gasps> which was, uh, of course, a terrible wrench for Victoria, but she managed to cope. And do you know what we did? We went to, talking about Freddie Merck, we went, uh, we, we walked from our hotel. You up, got AIDS and died? Yes. We walked to Montjuic, uh, and then we walked up the mountain, and on the top of the mountain, there's that, I don't know if you remember the Olympics at the time, but certainly Kylie Minogue filmed a video there of the Olympic swimming pool on top of the mountain with the view of uh, Barcelona beneath you while you swim. And... It's now a municipal pool, and we arrived, we jumped in, and we had the pool almost to ourselves when we arrived, after a nice hot walk up the mountain, and it only costs six euros each to get in, because it's a municipal pool, and we arrived in time, because as we were leaving, all the the, the 220 school children arrived to wee in the pool, so we, we, we clearly made it. So I would recommend anybody who go to Barcelona, walk up Mount Juic on a warm day, get very hot, and make your terminus the uh Montjuic uh, Olympic diving pool and uh, you'll have one of the nicest experiences you could have for the cheapest amount of money besides of course getting aids and dying or having a nice ice cream no that's just insulinemic what's that awful background noise it's your child Oh, that, that, there's that. Can you hear that over the microphone? Of course I can hear your infernal child. I've got the door shut and everything. He stands there. He, he does this brilliant thing where he takes the back of his hand mm-hmm. and he goes, bah, 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 and then it just gets increasingly loud and it's only ever funny. Right. So what's actually happening is, oh, but can he do da yet? No. still just bars. Even with the help of a hand, it's just bars. Mm-hmm. The tube drivers are striking uh, this evening and tomorrow. But, but your Boris said that wouldn't happen anymore. Yeah, Boris promised uh, a couple of elections ago that he was going to put a special wheeze in play, which would make that sure that wouldn't happen. It's quite funny how they always choose nice summer days to go on strike. They don't really strike in winter as much. I'm sure it's just coincidental that that's when all the disputes come up. And it's to do this time. They, You know, they're opening Such some... Such a Tory. They're opening some... Well, wait till you hear what I've got to say next. Oh, no. They're opening some of the lines uh, in 24 hours, finally, like a real city. Um, and, of course, they were the drivers were only offered... Uh, they're, they're employing new drivers to do it, and the current drivers will only have to do a couple of nights a year, if that. And for the privilege, they were offered, they were offered £2,000 and a 2% K pay rise. But apparently that wasn't enough. Um, so they're going on strike. Um, and... This made me yearn for the day that robots drive our trains like they do perfectly well in Docklands Light Railway and could perfectly do perfectly well elsewhere. So um, every strike 
is another step towards the grateful takeover of the robots. You're a you're a monster. Mm. Well, it's going to happen, and we're all going to have robots taking over our jobs. And at that point, it'll be all right because uh, as long as all work is done by robots, it will mean that the whole of society will have to reorganize itself. The problem is when, say, a third of jobs are done by robots, and you then have disproportionate uh, unemployment, but there is still the employment milieu for most people. If if everybody were unemployed because the robots were doing everything, then that would be fine. But two things. Number one, I don't think my job can be replaced by a robot. Hooray, yours can, obviously, because you're just a drone. And number two, you said you'd recanted on your robot theory because of plastic. Uh, When I say robots, I also mean nanotechnology and fusion, obviously. <laughs> fusion is going to run is going to drive trains no what we'll need for for the star trek society to work in other words a post-capitalist growth uh minimal resources society where one has to use uh resource management uh in the form of the, of the market employment and so on is we will need fusion or an equivalent bounteous energy source effectively energy will need to be very very cheap or effectively free and the hence fusion we will need to be able to transform any material into any other material very quickly hence uh nanotechnology well no nanotechnology because you effectively just put molecules together and may build anything you want and then you'll need the slaves to do it hence robots once you've got those three things together then all war uh will stop <laughs> okay because there'll be no more need to squabble over resources at that point so i'm could... hearing myself echoing back to me about three seconds after i say things i know because uh, it's nice that you're finally having that why what have you done wrong uh, i i've possessed your computer with the soul of satan does satan have a soul i don't i don't know the details of an- I mean, angels do angels have souls I don't think it's been I don't think that's explained anywhere in the great texts. I mean they are beings that seem to have well clearly they are beings that have free will hence satan. Mhm. And isn't it required that if you have free will you have a soul you can't be an automaton with free will. I don't know. Call yourself a christian. Apparently I should stop. Okay, well can you stop? Stop calling no, yourself a christian. You can. If I if I said I'm going to shoot you and your family, you would stop. You wouldn't be a martyr, would you? No, uh, what? No, I don't know. Stop it. Okay, if I said I'm going to shoot you and Toby, unless right. you stop saying you're a Christian, you'd stop saying you're a Christian within a second, so stop your nonsense. Saying it, but I wouldn't stop being it. Yeah, but you'd stop saying it, and that's all people want. <laughs> they don't want you. They don't want you to keep rubbing their noses in it. I do. I'm upset. The, the, the main problem with this podcast is its evangelical tone. Can you just put down your damn tambourine, John, for one second? <laughs> it's like, what is that? Remember, spitting images. The spitting images always used to portray Carey with his tambourine running uh, up and down. Oh, the cruel irony. They really should have been portraying him just stamping on the faces of anyone who disagree- he disagrees with. Yeah. Oh, well. He's an awful, awful man. He didn't appear like that initially, did he? I think he's grown into his awfulness. I was, I he was just banal originally. I think he was just banal originally. He seems to have become increasingly annoyed with everything. As now he's, he's a rent-a-hate quote. Mm. What's happened to Stephen Green? Yes, what has happened to Stephen Green? I think the bit where he was uh, was physically abusing his wife yeah. is probably where things came apart for him. Yeah, even the Daily Mail doesn't use him as Oh, no, as they the did. Like, within, a, within about a minute, they went back. Oh, okay. <laughs> After that, okay. Um, I think I wrote about it on my blog. I'm just going to do a bit of clickety clackety typing as I try to research this subject. So, remind the listener, okay, who Stephen Green is Stephen Green ran an organisation called, or still runs an organisation called Christian Voice, and for a time, because he was available, because he was a good renter, quote, and uh, he was ubiquitous, apparently not having any other job, media organisations would use him to be the Christian. And he'd spoke for all Christians in the United Kingdom. So, for example, when Jerry Springer, the opera, came on, he was the one who protested and wanted to um, have them thrown off for blasphemy and all the rest of it. And every time there were 
some sort of contentious issue uh, which uh, offended uh, fundamentalist Christianity. Stephen Green would be interviewed in the newspapers, on the Today programme and so on, as the spokesman for Christians. Uh, subsequently, it turned out that he was a little bit naughty because he beat up his wife, according to biblical principles, and maybe his child as well. I can't remember the precise details. And for a little while, the Daily Mail became embarrassed about this, and certainly the BBC have stopped inviting him, as far as I can see. And that's the last I heard of him. I found my old article. This is 2011. Oh, yes, you used to write articles. Today, the Daily Mail has a sad story in which the ex-wife of Christian Voice frontman, Stephen Green, explains how he mentally and physically abused his family for many years. Oh, so it was a whole family, yes. Stephen Green came to fame when the BBC announced that they, were, they would air Stuart Lee's Jerry Springer, the opera. Hmm. Considered by Green to be blasphemous and by Christians who can think to be satirical, he vociferously campaigned against the broadcast and then against the stage show itself and succeeded in bankrupting the previously successful production. Yeah, that was quite an achievement. But his real victory was a strong media presence, his name being put at the top of most media outlets' contact books for matters of Christian controversy. Despite it being abundantly clear that he was an extremist and despite his organisation repeatedly having been demonstrated to be pretty much just Stephen Green in a mobile home, (laughs) Everyone from the BBC to the tabloid press would seek a quote from him if they wanted to spin a story as conflicting with an imagined version of Christian values. He was guaranteed to deliver, saying something printably outrageous. His Mm. ludicrous views would be countered uh, by those affected by the story, and in the publication's mind, some manner of editorial balance had been achieved. Yes. But most interesting is the male's relationship with the man. The latest story describes Green as a, quote, monster and a fundamentalist. The article goes on to note, Stephen was immersed in a Christian voice, which allowed him the autonomy and freedom to express his increasingly bizarre views unchallenged. As its founder and director, he was was answerable to no one. Mm. So who was it who was letting Stephen Green's views go unchallenged, Nicholas? Um, I think it was Lord Rothmere. Well, so I said, well, take, for example, this article about students and student stunt marriages that appeared in the newspaper just 15 days ago. The student's wedding was condemned by Stephen Green, National Director of Christian Voice, an organisation that represents Christians. (laughs) It represents you. The story then goes on to quote Green at length without editorial comment. And which paper is it who let this extremist monster go unchallenged? That would be the Daily Mail. Hmm. Two weeks ago, he was a man who represents Christians. The same paper today explains his voice, blah, 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 blah. December 2010, they said uh, um, the same paper sought counsel from Mr. Green regarding a berserk take on government site that helps divorcing couples make it easier to manage their finances. Quote, if you draw up a list of all things that are important when weighing up whether or not to get divorced, you wouldn't start with the financial consequences. You would start with your children. Stephen Green of the Pressure Group Christian Voice said, I am worried that schemes like this reinforce the idea that divorce is just a natural progression from marriage. And it goes on. I've got example after example after example. There's pages pages of his being quoted in the mail. Yes. And he's still apparently, I'm visiting Christian Voice at the moment. He's still apparently the head of it. Um, and he's he's most recently linked to somebody called N.T. Wright on same-sex marriage, oh. a YouTube video. I'm not sure who N.T. Wright is. I am. He's one of the best theologians alive. I really hope he's not a baddie now. Oh, dear. Maybe he is. Maybe he's turned into a baddie. Tom Wright is, is exceptional. No, uh, N.T. Yes. No, no. N.T. Yes. Wright. Yes, that's Tom Wright. Well, he's linked on, on Stephen Green's... Where, 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 where? I can't see it. Um, well, you I'm might... F- Christian Voice page, where is it? You, do you want me to send it to you? Yes. There you are, you can link it for everybody to watch. But it's a YouTube video, so we can't watch it now. But you can watch it afterwards and see oh, whether he's evil or good. No. Oh, poop. Is that somebody else you're going to have to cross off yeah. your Christmas card list? Well, do you don't know what he says, to be fair. He may be, um... He, it may be that Stephen Green is misunderstanding something, so... Do not judge lest ye yes. be judged. Oh, that would be such a shame because he's a really, really intelligent man. He wrote the New Testament of the People of God, which is uh, one of the most hardcore theological texts of the last. Talking about years. such, talking about such a shame. Um, tell me about your recent trip to Centre Parks. Centre Parks, the all-exclusive Centre Parks holiday. I did like your coining of that phrase. I hope you did coin it because it, I did. It's it, my it, own work. Britain loves all exclusive holidays. In fact, oh all exclusive anything. And I, I, and the way we should discuss it is particularly I like the way you, you compared it to what you would expect, say, in America or, or in a society where the sort of penny pinching didn't happen compared with what hap- what you actually did get. Uh, I think so the, fa- the fact that we paid £500 to stay there for four nights 
Yes. Would suggest to me that maybe we would have earned some sort of yeah, token gestures here and there. Yes. What that gets you is a roof over your head and access to the swimming pool. At least it gets you access to the swimming pool. I bet you that'll change. This is true. Well, it's their kind of their centerpiece of the center parks. Yes. Um, and the swimming pool's all right. It's uh, it's got lots of bits indoors and outdoors, and it was uh, phenomenally hot. It was during the heat wave. Although you said you said it wasn't, it wasn't the dome wasn't quite like uh, you necessarily expected it at that location. Anyway, well, I'm sure I remember the adverts for for center parks from the olden days with this ge- this sparkling <laughs> yes. crystalline geodesic sphere. It was basically thing. the year 2000. Uh, exactly, with yeah. uh, monorails running in and out yeah. of it, and 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 people people in in, uh, in um, little spaceships go. Ooh, yeah. oh, oh. And rather than yeah, the year two thousand, you find oh. you found the year nineteen seventy eight. Indeed, which is I believe it is. If you look at the international calendar, I believe this year is two thousand fifteen. Yeah, but in uh, within England, it's still it's nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, it's like when you go to I think it's Ethiopia has a wildly different calendar yes. as does the UK. Um, yeah, so it's it and the, the I show I should say the good things. The accommodation was fantastic, really lovely, clean, modern rooms. Bathrooms were split. The bathroom was splendid. You can't call the accommodation fantastic. Do you know why? Why? Because it wasn't imaginary. Because there was there was no air conditioning, so it, it oh, doesn't I matter. See. It just it just gets struck off. A place where you can't sleep comfortably is not fantastic. It, well, you because know, that's I the am. Of, that's the end of the matter. That's because, the end of the matter. Because Laura and I are geniuses, we brought fans. We brought a fan with us. <laughs> Maybe you, I... could, you could have rented one per minute from the lobby. <laughs> yes, perhaps. probably. Here's what I did. I went on their website and they have a virtual tour of the accommodation. You can walk around it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, so I walked around it looking at the ceilings for vents and didn't see any. So I brought a fan. <laughs> or you could have just probably called them and asked whether they have air conditioning. Well, I could have done that, but my way was a lot easier. Didn't have to use an awful telephone to speak to a person. We hate people, but again, Blah. you want you want the robots to take over as well. Absolutely for running my centre parks. Um, and then here's the thing: I didn't realise it's right. You're right in the woods, so out the the slidey glass doors at the back of our little chalet thing. Um, mm-hmm. It was quite a big chalet thing. Uh, opened up into just some woods, and I went, one morning, Toby and I went for a little walk in the woods. Well, he went for a carry. And um, and, this, found... and the and the strange woman looked suspiciously like a wolf. Asked you to go to your grad to Granny's house because she wasn't well. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I left a trail of breadcrumbs back to the chalet so we wouldn't get lost. Mm-hmm. And long and short of it, cut to the end. Uh, cut a long story short, Toby got eaten by a witch. Okay, fair enough. Good, good. So no, but we found a duck pond and we saw some ducks, and Toby enjoyed that. And that was very exciting. And then, yeah, and we rented, we hired some bicycles for the week. Well, I assume they give it, uh, those aren't included either. Oh, gosh, no, of course not. Okay. Um, I think £23 per person. Right, okay. Um, But that's good because the place is quite spread out, so it's useful for getting about on your bicycle. Yes. Um, And then, yeah, and, and, and so that was good. And the swimming pool was good. It had outdoor bits. The rapids were terrible. They didn't work. Uh, the dome was rubbish. The dome was falling to pieces. It was just weird. It's like as as you can see, uh, that photo I showed you. Yes. It's got just giant sections of panelling, seemingly replacing any glass that breaks. <laughs> and the whole thing just looks very run down. And inside, it just feels like a very run down seventies, sixty, seventies shopping mall. But I don't understand even how it can be like a shopping mall because that means my whole impression of the place is different because it should be a dome that encapsulates a kind of tropical uh, paradise. But you're telling me there are shops there? What's going on? It's mostly shops. So there's the supermarket and restaurants and a toy shop and a sweet shop. And there's a, <laughs> there's the bowling alley, which is like five alleys wide. And uh, should I just try to should I find those prices again? Yes. Yes. Centre Park. Price list. I've got a song activated. Mm. Google. Okay, let's say the bowling indoor activities. Ten pin bowling for forty-five minutes, not for one frame or two frames or anything like like, like normal human cell bowling, but for forty-five minutes. No matter how far through your game you are, yes. forty-five minutes. How many monies for that per person? Uh huh. Fifteen pounds. Ridiculous, and it also doesn't take into account what will happen in a game. Exactly. Sixty. I just said that. Sixty minutes, eighteen pounds. <laughs> so that's nice. Mm. Badminton is the cheapest. It's only six pounds for badminton. 
it's uh, basically for a little bit of plastic with some feathers on it. They're charging you six, for the use of it. They're charging you six pounds. So I, we didn't discover the whole this whole the, the, where the actual indoor sports take place until Thursday when we went we went down for a massage. Oh yeah. Well, you want people to to to, to assault you? I did. I she really did. It was uh, we did, we each had a half hour massage. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In a moment of crazed decadence. Uh-huh. While Tother looked after the boy. And um, when I went in there, she I would say that of the half an hour that I was massaged for, she spent maybe 27 minutes just rubbing my ass crack. Well, obviously, she uh, thought it was it needed. Either she enjoyed it or she thought it really needed help. <laughs> my, I said, can we focus on the base of my neck and the top of my shoulders? And she said, sure. <laughs> and then just rubbed and rubbed and rubbed away at my ass crack. She did that thing. Have you had a, have you had a massage? Once. I didn't think there were much of it. Well, here's the thing about massages, and we've said this before, but what ma- the masseuse that I would want to go to is the one that has a big sign-up outside saying, massages, they don't do anything, but they feel nice at the time. I would quite like to, again, have a robot do it. It would be far less awkward, some special robot that oh, you no, exactly no, no, wanted. Oh, no, the lady was very nice. There was no awkwardness at all, but... Uh, of course the- there was awkwardness. Oh, I didn't experience any. So somebody with body issues didn't, doesn't have awkwardness when a strange lady touches you naked. I'm getting much better with my body issues. Hmm. Anyway, I'm laid on my front. The only weird thing is they pull your pants halfway down the bum, your bum and then tuck, your, tuck the towel into it. And then start rubbing your And then just start crack. furiously yeah. rubbing away at the top of your ass. She was really getting in there. <laughs> yes. I assume it's the base of the spine and there's Digging so for much- treasure. It's, it's, you cannot have massage without woo, and I'm sure there was so much spine-based woo going on. Yes. But it felt very nice, especially when she actually touched my shoulders occasionally. Um, Is the chi flowing very... better now? Oh, it's a lot. My, my aura was getting quite quite a rouge to it. Yeah. Um, so that's a lot better. And then afterwards, I, just went, so I sat and, and had a, a cup of coffee in the little uh, restaurant they have in the massage area and, and read my book. It was very lovely. Hmm. No, I, it costs too much, all that nonsense. Oh, everything. We, we ended up spending, I think, 40, 45 million pounds over yes. four days. And then yeah. on the last day, we went to Longleat Safari Park. Did you? We oh, did. isn't that where, the, where some lions maul some people at some stage? I hope so. I hope so. We saw lions. Guess how much money it costs per person, per adult, to get into Longleat Safari Park? Get Nine sensible. Pounds. Go on, yeah, no, go on. N- uh, I would say £9.50 per adult, children free. Close thirty-two pound fifty. So what? Thirty-two pound fifty divided by two. So that's uh, no, no, multiplied by two. Well, that's uh, that's that's not the family pass fee. <laughs> the kids are free. So it's yes. be- actually the it's becoming too expensive to enter anywhere. It is sixty-five pounds to go to the zoo. That's just. That's just I, I can't speak because uh, no, 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 there's some, something something is wrong with society where that's requ- what, we're, we're we're finished we're finished that's it it's a very good zoo hmm. we went on the safari and we had monkey, no matter how good it is monkeys climbed on our car quid. we had a monkey ride our car the whole way through the monkey enclosure that's uh, and Toby got to see the big Lucy kittens Ugh. And a rhino was really close, and we fed some deer what put their heads in our car, and it was all fun. £65, I would hope it would be all fun. Yeah, and then there was the actual zoo bit, and they had a giant anteater. They're amazing. That's my new favourite animal. What was it doing? Eating ants? It was... was, One of them was pacing around, because it really, really wanted to be the other side of this fence. For some reason, it wasn't allowed. And the one that was the other side of the fence was going, ha, 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 it's brilliant on the other side of this fence, (laughs) Yeah. And having a raw, rare old time, he was. But he, they're beautiful. They're so enormous and so completely mad and wonderful. I love them. I love them because of Kingdom Hospital. Anyone who's seen Kingdom Hospital will understand why you should love giant anteaters. Interest, interestingly, you mentioned the price of getting into that zoo. We were having a discussion on Twitter yesterday about um, what things cost more now in real terms, i.e. as a proportion of your disposable income, than they would have in the 1980s in England. And obviously property is one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. c- cinema tickets are another. Yes. Uh, I-, I then came up with lamb shanks and, uh, 
and because I mean, they used to be considered cheap cuts now of course oh, all the right. posh restaurants use them and and of course uh non-advanced train tickets are just ridiculous can you think of other things i think possibly things like tickets to zoos as well oh definitely in theme parks they all cost around 30 to 50 pounds per person to get mm. in now yeah which is beyond inflation and wage inflation i mean that's just so is there anything else which in real because most things cost the same or obviously with electronics cost less but can you think of anything else which sticks out as being much more expensive no i mean most things do as you say like video games have cost 30 to 40 pounds for 20 years yes indeed um they're still uh, yeah but uh, uh, that's good i'm trying to think of a good no i just oh sweets really Sweets. I in real care. terms? In real yeah, terms? I think so. A chocolate bar is now like 60, 70p. Mm-hmm. That can't be inflation. That, it can't be, that's, that's three, four times more than they were in the 80s. That can't be right. That can be right. Isn't that, 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 if you add up all the inflation since then, doesn't that about right? I don't know. I don't understand. I'm not very good at this. I mean, I remember when I, when I came to this country, you could get a packet of crisps for 19p. That was 88. Oh, I was going to say, I remember when a packet of crisps was 10, 12p. Mm. I remember Nick. Here's the here's the oldest thing you'll ever hear me say. Yeah. I remember when you when I go to I go to Fenton's, uh-huh. and I would get a sherbet. Uh, oh, it's not the dip dab. What's the one? The sherbet fountain. Uh huh. Eight and a half p. Wow. Yeah. Well, well I I do remember. Our, listen, when... our listener has just gone. Oh, I can't listen to this podcast anymore. I just I thought this was a podcast for. Young, trendy, cool people, not people who remember half pennies. Well, I remember in 80, again, in 80, must have been 89 during the summer holidays, and <laughs> it sounds a bit weird now. And basically, my mother would, she, 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 would, she would go off to work somewhere, and she would drop me and my brother in Mill Hill Public Library, where we'd, we'd effectively spend the day. Mm-hmm. So I was like... 13 or 14 at the time and Gregory was uh, and younger and so and we would just spend the day in the library until she'd come and fetch us and she used to give us a pound each and we'd go down to the little shop and we'd effectively buy a huge bag of sweets and chocolates and crisps and things and that would and uh, and and that would suffice us and I remember clearly you wouldn't get such a bounty now um he's oh, and the policemen are looking so much younger they are actually, though, aren't they? To be brutally annoying. <laughs> I was looking at a policeman the other day and saying, "You don't evince authority, young whippersnapper. You, oh, you're not too big for me to put across my knee." No, no, no. Nick, we're so, both so old. Yes, we've complained about that before, haven't we? Oh, of course, we have. Hmm. Yeah, I mean Toby is much older now. He remembers when it where, he remembers where, when he couldn't sit, and just feels like yesterday. The weird thing is he doesn't. He doesn't remember. So he's just started. He's he started crawling backwards now. Idiot. Uh, which is very very exciting. And mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so, but he, of course he has no recollection of when he couldn't just sit, get move around, turn around on the spot. He's always he's always stuff. done that. Yeah, he's always yeah. done that for eternity. Yeah, yeah. But he still can't say anything other than... Well, yesterday morning I said to him, Toby, today mm-hmm. is the day I want you to learn the another letter other than m and b. And he looked at me and went, wah! I, like, I said, cheeky little said, boy. Did he say, waboo dada? <laughs> is that what he did? I would have... I'd be a puddle in a bucket if he'd had said that. Like no, Odo. He just made the wah noise I forgot he also makes. Um, but yeah. still no sign of da. Of course not, and why should there be? Tell me about the pancakes then. Oh, Nicholas, you're going to make me sad. Because that was, I think, of all the anecdotes, that was one that I think encapsulates the issue here. It encapsulates it so well, and if Americans are listening, it it gives them a lot. American listener is is tuning in. This will give you a good warning. I think it tells you everything you need to know. Yes. So I always think about an American tourist coming to the UK and just being perpetually horrified. Okay, what are we... Oh my, oh, sorry, say the American accent. What are we doing here? <laughs> That's my American accent. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so the Pancake House, in the American style, it's an American style Pancake House. Whoa, oh yeah, pancake. it certainly advertised itself as that. It did course, stacks, yes. I think they said stacks. stacks. Yes. Um, and so there are two types, of, they do pancakes and waffles and omelettes. And there are two mm. types of pancakes. There are the, the, the filled pancake, and there's the pancake stack. Mm. Now if you've ever been to an IHOP or similar in America, you'll understand that a pancake stack is something that no human being could conceivably eat without exploding. Or just any diner. Indeed. In uh, Centre Parks, a pancake stack is something you might not notice you ate. <laughs> the tiniest little sad American-style pancakes, which is means... Because in the... Okay, so to be clear to our American listener, in England, pancake generally means crepe. Yeah. Um, whereas uh, the small, the traditional American pancake, that is a an American-style pancake, except shrunk to a third of the size. Mm. Um and so yeah, so the, the I I ordered a uh, a pancake that came with sausage and bacon or something, mm-hmm. and maple syrup. Mm-mm. And rather than what I was expecting, because I've been to America enough times, a pile of pancakes with some butter and some ba- crispy bacon on the side and a jug of maple syrup, lashings, lashings of maple syrup. It said on the menu, lashings. Well, you lashed. Use the word lashings. It arrived <laughs> a pancake. A pancake with a couple. Hold of on, John. Just, just uh, hold a second, John. I think you've had a, a, a you've mis- you know, you've misunderstood how English works. In English, um, a is the single indefinite article, and <laughs> if we, and also we, we generally pluralize words, except with some, ex- <laughs> some exceptions, by adding an s. And pancake is not one of those exceptions. So what you should have said is the the pancakes, or just some pancakes. Okay, a pancake. No, one single stinking pancake with a couple of bits of meat in it, and then a Dixie cup of <laughs> maple syrup. A Dixie did, cup. Did you feel lashed? I did not feel lashed. Eight ninety-five for a bit of flour and water and some sugar. That's I nice. Know. Well, I suppose there was some meat. Um, was it? What, did you get it with the bacon?s It had bacon in it. Was it very very crispy? No. It wasn't so, terrible. It was perfectly edible. It was tasted nice enough. Well, but it was for not... £8.95, I'd hope a bit of flour and water with a bit of meat in it would. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? Mm. Oh, we were in there. We saw someone order... It's from their, their menu of all these things. We saw someone order a plain pancake with lemon and sugar. <laughs> I immediately declared that person needs to be murdered. Did you get any further details? I didn't, because they were far away. Laura just saw it arriving at someone's table. How dare they oh I, people like that the people like that you go to coffee shops and go oh can you just get an ordinary cup of coffee oh yes oh makes me furious anyway so yes that was and the stacks were not at all good there were tiny tiny pancakes and a little pile with some squirty cream on top oh that's did you complain uh no why not <laughs> because what I'm going to say everything about this country is awful and the waitress will go huh but but why why didn't you uh, why didn't you simply complain and say you wanted more? Because you because you, you know why because you wouldn't have either. Well, you could have just said, "Oh, um, this isn't exactly lashings, is it?" What would they have done? Guess how much to go horse riding for an hour. Uh, and by the way, this you... isn't cantering through the woods. This is trotting on the back of a pony down the path. Uh, fifteen pounds an hour. Thirty-five pounds. <laughs> hmm. It's so sad because it doesn't need to be this way. They could just say, "Of course, you get a couple of free water-based activities thrown in." You know, the pedlo. We went out on the pedlo. How much was that? Uh, oh, that was ridiculous because you said it was sort of fifteen minutes. 10, or it something. was ten pa- ten pounds for half an hour. <sighs> Because it's not like there's an incremental it's a grass and cost. A I know it doesn't cost anything. At least they have to feed the horses and that kind of thing. The pedlo just sits there once they once you've dealt with your capital expenditure. That's it. And again, it's like if it were if you're walking up out off the street to hire a pedlo for half an hour and it was ten pounds, you go, "Oh, that's a bit steep," but I want to go in a pedlo. But you've mm. paid the hundreds and hundreds of pounds to go into this enclosure. Mm-hmm. And then they're charging you that much money. That's the problem. It's not like the staff are dependent on that £10 for their right. wages. 
Mm-hmm. And if they just said, well, you've paid £500 to come, so of course you can have a, a, a pedlo hire and a go on a go on a crazy golf course. Of course you can. No. Yes. How much to go on the crazy golf course? Adventure golf. Oh, it's only £4. That's rather cheap. Wow, that's cheap. How For how long? Well, I assume for all the way around the course. Well, I suppose the golf course is just sitting there. But we couldn't do that because we have an eight-month-old and that wasn't really amenable. You could have strapped him to yourself and done it. So that's nonsense. Well, one, we forgot the um, the ha- the thingy. What do you call them? The harness. What are they? The strappy to your chesty things. The bondage straps. The bondage straps. We forgot those. And well, you're two. a ruddy idiot. Then you're a ruddy idiot. Well, you, could just, you could have just driven home and got it because we could it's have. half an hour away from home. It would have been yeah. a two-hour round trip. It would have been inconvenient. Mm. And number two, he would have got very, very bored as we just stood there tapping balls around a golf course, a crazy golf course. Mm. So what do you think of the Greek situation then? Do you feel sympathy for them or do you think they're ruddy idiots for having spent so much money and not paid their taxes and then expecting to still have the money to spend? You see, if this were anywhere else and you said, oh, massive, massive tax evaders, uh, you you wouldn't exactly be pro them. You say, well, if you don't, don't pay your taxes, that's the sort of society you get. And indeed, you'd say that's an example for all you libertarians and so on who think that it's a marvellous society where we have low or no taxes. There, you get Greece. So why do you suddenly think they're the victims in all of this, John? <laughs> I was wondering. You began this asking what I thought, which was an odd way to start mm. your little rant. I don't know. My answer is I have no idea. I don't understand the situation whatsoever. I'm completely bemused by it all. What I am totally aware of is that the people, the me in Greece, mm-hmm. is an innocent victim of all this because the no, me in not. Greece does not underst- is not controlling the tax levels or the borrowing no, or the- how France and Germany deliberately overlent to them. The you in Greece, the you in Greece, the you in Greece look for all sorts of ways not to pay your taxes. It's the little people who don't pay taxes that are causing the issues. Well, I was in Crete last year and I was speaking to a guy who spends his, he's a teacher, but works, spends the summer holidays work doing tour guides because the pay is so low and the, um, the rates of cost of living is so high that he was forced to work two jobs. So no, I don't think that's a, the impression that they're all just swanning around in their, uh, in, in luxury and their olive They're not all swanning around in luxury. They're, they're, the, the, um, Corruption is endemic from the smallest in society to the biggest. The whole society is corrupt. Plus, uh, I think it was in the in the in the in the recent ADL survey, something like sixty nine percent of them were quite viciously anti-Semitic. So I have no real time for them <laughs> at all. It was extraordinary. They, I think they're the most they're the a massive outlier in Europe. They're the most uh, Jew hating nation in Europe by some degree. I'm not sure why exactly. It might be the Orthodox Church. I don't know. But so really, it's kind of I have to t- toss up between them and the Germans. It's it's it, it's quite fun for me, isn't it? Yes. Ha ha ha. My theory was maybe they'd met you. That's no, I haven't. Anti-Semitic. I've... No, maybe it's because I haven't been to Greece. Oh, you haven't showed them the the true (laughs) magic of the Jewish folk. If I'd have gone to Greece, everything would be fine. You could have gone over there and spun babies from your stolen gold. So there you go. Um, This is what happens when somebody who used to be employed by a games company tries to run a country's economy. (laughs) You You, You must have quite liked the baldy guy, though. You must have quite liked him. That's what I'm talking about. I know, you must have quite liked him, though. Well, what's his name, John? Don't just say the baldy guy, because you don't want to say his name. I don't, I don't genuinely don't know his name. You really don't know his name? Simon Greasemoney. Yanis Varoufakis. Ah. Who I used to be employed, used to be employed by uh, Valve. You, I did not. Oh yes, of course I did know that. Yes, of course he was. He was. Uh, yes. The here's the thing though about the not wanting to say his name. If it weren't for you, this podcast would be littered with swearing. You're the one who won't let us swear. I'm not swearing. I'm telling you his name, Yanis Varoufakis. I'm aware that, but you said I didn't want to say it. Blah 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 blah. blah, blah. <laughs> That's just his name. Well, you were the one who didn't want me to say niggardly. <laughs> I did not. I I said I didn't want you to say it in order to be a troll. Hmm. You know, you were the one who was trying to censor me. So, so. I was just... You know that uh, Ben Goldacre, who hopefully is just drifting off to sleep and heard his name then? Yes. Um, is a podcast slut. Is he? Yeah. What's he been doing? He's I promised us. 
Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. <laughs> and do you know what he said to Richard Herring's? What? He said, I listen to this podcast as I fall asleep at night. Whore. Maybe he listens to all the podcasts as he falls asleep yeah, at night. Yeah, right. Kind of why, why he, just says that to, that, he just says that to all the podcast boys. I thought we were special. I thought we were special as well. He's a slut. He's probably given <laughs> us a venereal disease. Ugh. Ugh. Just disgraceful. You said you were listening to Collins and Heron again. I was. You didn't reply to my text, which I thought was very offensive. No, because I, I thought I felt discombobulated by the thought of re-listening to that sort of stuff. It's from another era. It just it's it's a bit. It's not tasteful to go to go back there. <laughs> it's odd. I wasn't expecting it to be so of another era. It's two thousand nine, mm. which feels very recent. That might as well be eighteen twelve. I mean, but it's what's just... nice about it is that it's Richard Herring's not doing his under thing. Really? Doesn't he do? Doesn't oh, no. do it. He just sits there and quite amen- amenably chats on the sofa and tries to say really outrageous things mm. without shouting "ander" after all of them. And, and it's just so nice to hear himself here, not performing, which is really nice because that's you go back to as it occurs to me or the new podcast oh, and all this as stuff. As it occurs to and me, it's just "ander, ander, 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 ander," and it's weird. You feel like the guests are wanting to say something. Will you please stop shouting "ander" after everything you say? Because it's nothing you're saying is it warrants the uh, pretended uh, record scratch and break turn that is the ander. Yes, and you'd have thought somebody who uh, specifically looked at comic and comedy tropes in his earlier work, yes, like you know, indeed. and then I got off the bus and all that, would be sensitive to that, but clearly isn't. I've always thought he's a little bit thick, and he is. Like his friend Emma Kennedy, she's very thick. Oh my goodness, if you've ever tried to read any of her books. Terrible, terrible writer, full of uh, tropes and uh, and grammatical errors and so on. For somebody who apparently read English uh, at Oxford, ridiculous. They both went to Oxford University. Well, obviously, I mean, the only thing I can think of is that at the time they decided to patronise some uh, state school scrats because there was no way they they were of of the requisite quality. If you listen to. Um... The episode, the Leicester Square podcast episode with Emma Kennedy, I believe they do make reference to the fact that it was a year when they let in the scraps. Well, clearly, it, it, it's clearly obvious because they're not of, of good quality at all. Uh, and certainly they wouldn't be in today. No chance whatsoever. But he, I, I don't, I quite like both of them. I think, I don't think they are. I don't think they're I don't. stupid. I just don't think I don't. they're the level of intelligent I... you demand from humans. No, but then they, nor am I, so why do you put up with me? They should be. I think you're more intelligent than Emma Kennedy. <laughs> but Obviously. you went to Oxford. Yes, yeah, and that just shows you what happened that year. Disaster. <laughs> Disaster. Anyway, they should be killed. Okay. And, uh... And, uh, then I got off the bus at 28 years old. Ugh. No, I, you see, I find his kind of nervous coffee giggle almost worse than the and uh, where he kind of and uh, <laughs> he kind of goes ah, and he sort of nervously giggles at what he believes should be the reception of his own joke it just doesn't work it's it's just very annoying but and that's why I'm, Collins and Heron work so well because he would just be talking about you know raping the hole in the back of a tortoise or yes. whispering into the do you remember whispering into the queen's ear hmm. um which was wanking off into the queen's ear and stuff like this Yes, and, and yes. he wasn't giggling, and he wasn't shouting, and it was just—it was just being entertainingly puerile, and I really enjoyed that. And, and here's was the go- other thing: yes, Andrew Collins, awful man. Yes, by the end, obviously, making he was making the podcast unbearable. Mm. But at the beginning, he's really quick. He's quick and he's funny, and he's superb at callbacks. Really, it's really odd. And then he'll mess up. So you you hear the the, the problems. The problems are all there. Mm. Especially the the desperation to be right on, the oh, the, oh going that's... so like Herring will say something like they're talking about how many Polish they, they're reading something in the Express complaining about the number of poles in the country. Yes, and Richard Herring's going, I, I obviously I don't care. I think it's great. The more Polish people, the better. Whatever. And he's like so just saying something that's obviously honest. And Andrew Connor's yes. like, Yeah, I agree. It should be. It's awful. We should let as many poles. <laughs> and it's just it's really overly wrought and and hand wringy, guardianistery 
rubbish. He is, yeah. He and he gets that that becomes increasingly yes, bad as exactly. the series progresses. But but he's also fast and funny, and and it's interesting to realise why the two of them worked as a double act so well. Yeah, they don't and like each other anymore. It seems that way. Indeed. I think I think Andrew Collins disappointed Mr. Herringham. Well, he disappointed us all. This is true. Mm, by being a literal-minded little twerp. There we go. <laughs> and, uh... Mm. And, uh... Go on, say yeah. something really offensive and then and, uh, it at the end. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. I sometimes think that prices in England are just too expensive for the paucity of what's offered, and, uh... That wasn't very offensive. Oh, you were. Your your English pride was massively offended. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to try something? Oh, try. So, I'll have a go at the game myself. Yeah. Um, something about Chinese, perhaps you're good at that. <laughs> Obviously, all Chinese blind people should be ground up into pulp and used to feed the ugly. And uh... <laughs> that worked. You see, as in it comes to me. Christian Riley. I saw him do something particularly offensive the other day, but I can't remember what it was, so I <laughs> shan't have killed him. Yeah. Oof. All these people. Are you going to Edinburgh this year? Am I going to Edinburgh this year? Yeah, you know, for the festival. Uh, I never have, and I can, shall continue that streak. But I thought we were doing Rum Doings Live at the Edinburgh Festival. Oh, you mean when, when we got for our run? Obviously I'm doing yeah. that. We're doing it on the free fringe, though, aren't we? Yeah, sadly. Yeah. Because people won't pay for this. Wouldn't yeah. it be good if they did, though? Wouldn't it be good if we did this live and we were rich and famous? Yes, it would be, but we're not good enough. I am. And also, and also we don't have the sufficient nepotistic contacts to make it happen. Well, in five episodes' time, mm-hmm. it's our 200th episode. Are we going to do something special? I feel like we ought. Could we actually, you know, record it where we're in our bodily presences, maybe? Mm. Like we used to do all the time? You want me to record it while I'm in your bodily presence? Yes, like you used to do all the time, and, uh... And, uh, bumming, and, uh... Yes, bum, 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 and, uh... (laughs) Okay, we should, for the 200th episode... Mm -hmm. You'll come to London. We I will come to London. We will record (laughs) the episode while having brutal anal sex. Yep. <laughs> I thought you wanted to do it. I thought you wanted to do something different. <laughs> and uh So that's a deal, yep. Can we do it can we do it on the bus and then we can get off the bus? Okay. <laughs> let's go for our two hundredth episode. Let's yeah. have anal sex on a bus. Okay. Okay. And can we have some forged identity documents which makes it look like we're twenty eight years old? Okay, that sounds good. And then we can get off the bus after we've had the brutal anal sex. Mm-hmm. Loving, but brutal. Yes. And then we Tender should run... And brutal. And then we should bring a camera with us, and then we should throw the camera very high into the air so that it does a massive pan out to show that we actually were on a bus. And then you should turn to me and say... Oh, no, no, I know, before any of this, uh-huh. we should be... Sh- the two of us sat in a, in a, in a coffee shop, uh-huh. and you turn to me and you say, John... I'm never going to have tender but brutal anal sex with you on a bus when we're 28 years old, ever. <laughs> and then, and then, can I can I shove four candles up your backside? No, that's disgusting. <laughs> no, I, I meant the handles of forks. <laughs> oh, sorry, I apologise. I completely misunderstood what you were saying due to the homophonic nature of the Racist. sentence. <laughs> Okay. I don't understand why these people are so against words sounding similar. (laughs) It sounds. It's that. That sounds. That that's a deal then. (laughs) (laughs) For the first time in on a hundred episodes, we've entertained ourselves. And being the two hundredth episode, of course, this all has to happen again in uh, Fuengarola or something. Oh, we should do that. We should do the holiday. The, 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 we should do the episode we always promised ourselves and never did. Yeah, uh, Magaluf. By the, by the pool. No, it wasn't actually Magaluf. Remember what you originally wanted it to be? But it was too awful. I can't remember. It was somewhere. It was Benadorm. Benadorm. That's right. Mm. I think Magaluf is equally awful, isn't it? I think so. I mean, what we could actually do is if we find a very cheap uh, kind of 
EasyJet or Ryanair flight that leaves really early in the morning. She'd leave there early in the morning, go to some hotel's pool, record, and then fly back the same day. <laughs> That'd be amazing. And very stupid, so it should definitely be done. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's it for Are we stopping? Are we stopping? We've been doing an hour recently. Are we stopping at 49? Yeah, I think we need to stop now. Unless you've got something interesting to say, I'll give you five seconds to think of something interesting. And if you haven't, then I'm going to stop. One, two, uh-huh. yeah. three, yeah. four. Might be the Kenshin voice. Five. <laughs> oh, we're in the Kenshin voice. Really? How one, so? One pixel high photograph of us. Really? Why are you in the Kenshin voice? We went to... Do you remember I told you about the uh, the f- Summer Fate thing we went to where the where the awful... The child with the pierced ear and all that... Mm. A photograph was taken of our sitting on the grass while the ghastly dancers d- danced ghastly, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. And if you look and squint and use a, an electron microscope, uh-huh. you can make out uh, Laura, John—that's me—and Toby mm-hmm. sat on the grass. Was uh, was Laura very excited when she saw Laura that? did a very grown-up wee in her pants? Wow! So yeah, well, of course, uh, being in the Cainian boys. Well, exactly. Is... Can you imagine? <laughs> I, I can't actually. It's beyond imagining. It's like trying. You're telling me, can I imagine a square circle? No, I can't. <laughs> can I imagine? I can. A- I can imagine a square circle. I can as well. It's just a circle that's a bit square. Yeah, it's easy. There you go. Very simple. Oh well. Let me know when Toby gets into his school, and uh, <laughs> I'll... we're not going to speak for four years. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Wow. We're going to record our two hundred special in about three and a half years time sweet and what's happening to the other four episodes oh we don't we won't talk about that. okay <laughs> we should have a, we should have about four last episodes accrued by now where the recordings went wrong or bits and pieces lay all over the place or we stopped or whatever so just throw those out there that's true yeah how now much for an second, encounter huh? with owls an encounter? Well, it depends. An encounter is a vague term. I mean, are the owls going to tell you something mysterious? <laughs> we can only assume they are owls, after all. Eight uh, pounds. Eight pounds for an encounter with owls. A woodland awakening? <laughs> I don't know what that is. It's ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, well, if you if you want to wake up, pay me ten pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's a threat. Creepy crawlies is eight pounds. Well, you need to pay eight pounds to have insects... Falconry, falconry for over twelve years, mm-hmm. twenty pounds. It's just all too much, isn't it? It's all I agree. too much. Mm. How much is brutal anal raping? Um, tender or or care, care, carefree? I, I said brutal. Yeah, but we're, so, our, ten, our, tender, brutal raping. Tender. That's fifteen pounds per orgasm. Oh, really? They char- only charge you for your orgasm. Oh, good. okay. So if you hold back... Oh, yeah. Could you, you get really it for free? That. That, that sounds like a loophole. I reckon. A very big, gouged loophole. <laughs> right here. I think we should stop now, because I'm chewing on my headphone wire. That's always a good time this time to stop. Bye. Bye. <laughs>